Hello, and welcome to this podcast series. Is your company ready for industrial scale additive manufacturing? Brought to you exclusively by Siemens PLM. I'm Dean Hainel, a member of the Siemens PLM marketing team. Today, I'm joined by Robert Meschel, Siemens Director of the Additive Manufacturing Network Initiative, a new online collaborative platform designed to accelerate the use of additive manufacturing in the global manufacturing industry. This podcast, Industrial Additive Manufacturing, The Risks and Opportunities, this is the second in our four-part series on additive manufacturing. In podcast one, Additive Manufacturing, The Hype and the Reality, we talked about how 3D printing or additive manufacturing has just started to accelerate and attract a lot of interest, but the real transformation has yet to come. In this podcast, Industrial Additive Manufacturing, The Risks and Opportunities, we'll talk with Robert about the risks and opportunities in industrial additive manufacturing. Podcast three, Jumpstarting ISOM with the Siemens Additive Manufacturing Network. And podcast four is about where to start. We'll cover three use cases for industrial scale additive manufacturing. You can follow us on social media and also at www.siemens.com forward slash PLM forward slash AM podcasts for this entire series of podcasts and other great additive manufacturing topics. So, with that, I'd like to welcome Robert to our podcast. Hello, Robert. Hello, Dean. It's great to be here with you again today and uh, talk about the future of industrial scale additive manufacturing. Great. Well, thanks for joining us. So let's start out today's discussion with some high-level opportunities with ISOM. Where are organizations going to see the value here? So I think that it really uh, goes into multiple levels. First of all, the product. We can reimagine a new product that could not be produced in the previous uh, on the standard traditional manufacturing processes. This includes ability like, uh, for instance, lightweighting, where in some uh, traditional industries like uh, aerospace, for instance, this is a very, very important element, or improving the uh, efficiency of the part. Um, I think a great example are examples coming out of GE uh, aircraft engines, for instance, where they are able to improve the uh, engines for uh, the aircraft engine's efficiency by changing some of the parts and moving them into additive manufacturing production. By improving 1% of the efficiency of the engine, it really has a tremendous effect on the uh, business value that these engines can provide to GE and the operator of these engines. This also includes the ability to utilize new materials that were not available before to be used in standard manufacturing. The, uh, one example may be the human tissue. Another one will be, you probably heard about all the new uh, development that allow uh, printing of, of food but it really also goes into the industrial level, like, for instance, new polymers with very new uh, mechanical properties or a metal production that is uh, uh, accelerating very fast in additive manufacturing. So really, there is a very large set of uh, changes that we're going to foresee in the way that products are going to be designed and they're going to be uh, produced. I think that another very important element, which is tightly linked into a very strong uh, marketing or, or market demand element, is the ability to do individualization and customization of the parts. This is a trend that we see for many years, but additive manufacturing can really accelerate this trend because eventually additive manufacturing is producing part by part. And if we make changes between one part to another part, this does not going to add any cost. This is versus the traditional manufacturing process where there is value for the standardization. In additive manufacturing, you can actually reimagine anything you like in the new part, and this adds no, uh, no cost to that. Other than the um, new part and the new design of parts, I think that if you look into the overall operations and the efficiency, this is really becoming to be a, a major 
value for operators because then uh, you do not need many times to store huge amount of in-process material. Um, you can actually print on demand whenever it is needed, the exact part that is needed. You can eliminate big part of the uh, need for tooling because additive manufacturing does not require as much tooling as standard manufacturing does. Last but not least, this is the ability to be faster to the market, the ability for you to uh, produce and to do iterations uh, once you go to the market. And these new iterations that you're adding does not apply to your cost because in traditional manufacturing, in most cases, what you do, you design the product, then you set up a, a manufacturing facility to, to support that, and then you start to market uh, this product to the market. And uh, if you find out that there is a problem with this product and you may miss some of the elements that you would like to add, this requires you to rebuild your manufacturing process and to make a lot of changes that many times it's, it's too expensive for manufacturers to do, and the result is that they do not modify their parts or product. With additive manufacturing, you can actually do this iteration much faster with actually no cost. So um, the products may be different, the processes may be different, your ability to go to market faster is going to be different. So it's very significant value that manufacturers are going to see. Robert, with all the values of, of industrial manufacturing, what are some of the reasons why industrial manufacturers are not being more proactive about starting ISIM? Yeah, um, I think that one major element is lack of competency. Eventually, in order to uh, produce more in additive manufacturing, um, you need to generate more demand for the additive manufacturing project, meaning that you need to have more engineers that are equipped, are familiar with, and are capable to design a product for additive manufacturing. And uh, a matter of fact is that uh, this is still not uh, fully available in the market. Uh, even in organizations uh, like, for instance, Siemens or GE, which I mentioned before, that do push additive manufacturing very strongly into the market. In most cases, what you see is that the engineers that dealing with additive manufacturing are segregated into a very specific business unit. And uh, this knowledge that they have is not uh, enough, at least, spread throughout the organization. And the more we make uh, additive manufacturing more accessible to the entire engineering and design community, the more this set of tools uh, in order to design for additive and to produce uh, additive relevant parts are going to be available, we're going to see more demand. And this is definitely going to accelerate the uh, adoption of additive manufacturing. I think that the, um, another element is that even with companies that do cross this point that they say, okay, we understand that additive manufacturing is going to change our business and this is very important to our destiny and we want to go there, there's still a big question mark about the infrastructure that uh, is available for them to, uh, to support these initiatives. So, for instance, um, who is going to be my suppliers? Because these are not the same suppliers that have worked so far. What kind of materials? What kind of processes? Which are the parts that are going to be relevant for additive manufacturing? There is a complete set of uh, elements that I need to take into account which are not fully available for me. And uh, the road for me in order to go to additive manufacturing is not fully paved. In that one example, uh, maybe, for instance, security. So additive manufacturing is a full digital process. And with any digital process, the big concern is what happens with my IP. Uh, because if this is fully digital, anybody can copy this digital information and start produce, and therefore I may lose my IP. Uh, this is a very, very big concern to especially highly regulated industries such as aerospace and medical devices, but as well to automotive and so on that are really keen about uh, maintaining their IP. So there needs to be some special technologies in order to ease this concern. Another uh, element is how do I trace and make it visible uh, 
the entire production, given that a big part of the production is done outside of my facility. So are there any tools for me in order to monitor and trace everything that happened with this part? So these are just examples of the infrastructure elements which are still missing in additive manufacturing industry in order to provide the competency and to provide the uh, uh, support for uh, manufacturers that do want to go this direction. Last but not least is that there is still some, uh, and we have to be uh, fair about it, some maturity issues about this technology. This is mainly manifested in the high uh, cost and the, uh, the fact that sometimes, at least for some of the applications of uh, additive manufacturing, the quality may not be as good or as expected, and the fact that it's very hard to make a very repeatable process. Uh, this is an element that all the players within additive manufacturing are working to improve, and, and I know for sure that it's going to be improved. And if you look on the progress that we made the last uh, few years, the industry made for the last few years, I believe that some of these points are going to be behind us within a few years. However, this is something that most manufacturers cannot do by themselves. It's very hard. Again, we mentioned G and Siemens as two examples of companies who push additive manufacturing very hard. However, not all manufacturers have the capacity and the uh, uh, financial backing that uh, these giants can have. And therefore, in order to um, really uh, harness this technology for their needs, they uh, need to start to collaborate with others who do have the knowledge, you know, to accelerate the overall knowledge in additive manufacturing. Wow, that's, uh, that's quite a list, Robert. You know, I've uh, talked with several companies who are concerned about the pace of change in the industry and the large cost of the 3D printers that might soon be obsolete or at least surpassed in functionality. Are there ways to alleviate that particular pain point? Yeah, this is very typical, again, to a new emerging domain uh, where uh, technology changes quite fast and quite quickly. So I don't think that additive manufacturing by this means is different than anything else, a any other industry that uh, is emerging. However, I think that the best way is, first of all, to utilize service bureaus because they have already made the investment in machinery. They have huge amount of knowledge that you can leverage as well as they work with a long list of partners. These may be partners in software solutions, they may be partners in uh, materials, or these may be partners in engineering or consultancy that have already started to go through uh, this process, gather the knowledge, and I think that a big part of this can be leveraged quite nicely by uh, the newcomers into the industry. And uh, there are also some technologies that allow you to upgrade machines in case that you do want to buy a machine. So I think that this is a concern that they can be eased by the machine companies. I think that another um, very important element, other than leveraging the partnerships and the uh, overall ecosystem, is that you have to start experiment yourself. There is no way around it. You can buy a low-cost machine uh, for prototyping and start to experiment. This is extremely important that you have this immediate experience in the, in the uh, technology because otherwise it will be very difficult for you to really gain the knowledge that is required in order to master the domain. You know, one of the other things I hear a lot about is the steep learning curve. How can companies get the knowledge they need to produce additive parts at industrial scale without taking years to get there? I'm afraid that these are uh, the same steps that you need to take, uh, meaning that uh, you need to start to build partnership and work with the complete ecosystem. You need to leverage the knowledge that exists out there. And again, the uh, I think that the uh, problem with the domain or the challenge of the domain of additive manufacturing domain is not so much lack of knowledge because the amount of work that was done in the last few years in additive manufacturing is really tremendous. And the knowledge does exist. The problem is that this knowledge is really kept in silos and it's not accessible enough to everybody who needs it. And therefore, this is really stops 
the market from progressing faster than otherwise. So by leveraging this overall ecosystem, you'll be able to accelerate significantly your abilities in additive manufacturing. Furthermore, you'll be able to contribute. I mean, not only to leverage the ecosystem, but also contribute to the ecosystem. And I think that this is what's nice in this uh, kind of business models where you are able to co-create and collaborate with others and basically elevate this entire industry altogether. And this is really um, the reason why we uh, started to build our additive manufacturing network solution for Siemens. We recognize the fact that if we really want to accelerate the adoption of additive manufacturing, what we need to do is to make sure that this knowledge is becoming accessible to anybody and that we are able to collect all these experiences in order to uh, deliver it to everybody who needs it. This is going to benefit both those who are newcomers to the market and that they need to gather experience and go through the learning curve much faster than otherwise. But this is also true for incumbent uh, players within the market, whether these are the machine vendors or the material vendors or the uh, uh, software developers. And so, because eventually even they do not have all information accessible for them. And by having one central place to collect all this information and then to share this uh, knowledge and the insight into the ecosystem, it's going to be very valuable for everybody. And, and, and really, it's going to accelerate the market. So you mentioned the Siemens Additive Manufacturing Network, something near and dear to your heart. Can you explain to the audience what it is and what it does? Sure. So um, this is a new uh, solution we're just about to launch. Um, and this is a cloud-based platform that connects the entire network of players within the additive manufacturing domain. So uh, this includes uh, players such as those who require parts and those who uh, can deliver the parts for them. This may be internal or external service bureaus. But this also includes other players like uh, machine vendors who have huge amount of knowledge and information about how to operate the best way their machine. But even they still need to learn sometimes. And if they can leverage the information that's available in the market, it's going to help them to improve their machines and to better service their customers, as well as uh, material vendors, which, again, they have uh, a lot of information about uh, how to process the best way their material, but they need to have much better understanding about what is really needed by the market and how to access the market in a much better way. So they can leverage as well this network. This also includes uh, organizations such as engineering and consultancy, uh, because what we see is that many of the current processes of additive manufacturing actually does leverage the knowledge that exists by engineering firms. And uh, there is a need to facilitate the overall co-creation processes that takes place between manufacturers and the uh, engineering entities. Last but not least are the list of uh, companies that are delivering software solutions for the industry, and they need to have an access to the market, and they need to have to make sure that their solutions are fully integrated into the overall set of processes within additive manufacturing. So if you look onto all this network of players, there needs to be a way for them to interact, to co-create, to generate something together and to build the knowledge and the IP and the tools to bring it all in a way that is fully accessible to everybody who needs it. So this is the base of what the additive manufacturing does. The value that we deliver is that we help engineers to define their, uh, what we call DFAM, Design for Additive Manufacturing, to validate and to make sure that they design fits well into additive manufacturing to complete uh, digitalize the process. What happens today is that the, there is the use of many digital tools uh, like, for instance, email or PowerPoint or Word and so on in the engineering processes. Uh, however, uh, this the process by itself is not digitalized because these tools cannot be 
traced and managed and, and checked in the overall engineering process. So what we are building within the additive manufacturing network is how do we digitalize the entire set of activity and processes that take place between these uh, multiple players. We help uh, companies and the service bureau to scale their production, meaning that to allow them to go and, and run a much larger set of activity. Like, for instance, we're working with companies that are producing today something like 100,000 parts a year, and they expect to go to produce 250,000 parts a year. And they, I mean, this is an exponential growth that uh, is expected. Uh, they need to have tools in order to manage this amount of data that is going to be uh, amount of parts and amount of data that is going to be uh, delivered and produced. So we're going to be providing this uh, set of capabilities to scale their production into high level of production, as well as the support for digital warehousing where the entire inventory is stored in a digital way rather than a physical way and therefore uh, save huge amount of money. I mentioned before that manufacturers cannot do additive manufacturing by themselves. The new business model, the way that the industry is shaping, is that the only way for you is by cross-leveraging and by co-create and co-generate with other partners. And the additive manufacturing network allows you to do that and provide you the infrastructure to better collaborate with other partners and players. Great. Thank you, Robert. This is our second podcast, Industrial Additive Manufacturing, Risks and Opportunities. Robert provided insights into the opportunity and value of ISOM, why manufacturers are not more proactive about using ISOM, the changes in the industry that companies are concerned about, and what is the Siemens Additive Manufacturing Network. I'd like to thank Robert for his insights into the risks and opportunities of industrial additive manufacturing. In our third podcast, Industrial Additive Manufacturing, Jumpstarting ISIM with the Siemens Manufacturing Network, we will discuss how the manufacturing network will transform industrialized additive manufacturing. Please join us. Be sure to follow us on social media and at www.siemens.com forward slash PLM forward slash AM podcasts for this entire series of podcasts and other great additive manufacturing topics. Siemens, ingenuity for life.